When I was interpreting for the deaf at the Blackfriars Theater, I remember an actor telling me uh, that when she was in a Shakespearean play, she would imagine that Shakespeare was there on the very front row watching her acting and listening to how she delivered the most beautiful words in the English language. Welcome to Celebrate Poe, a deep dive into the life, times, and works of America's Shakespeare, Edgar Allan Poe. This is episode 126, A Very Special Richard. This episode begins and ends with an excerpt from a traditional English folk song, Greensleeves. Now, the easiest way to access my podcast is by going to my hosting site at celebratepo.buzzsprout.com. All 175-plus of my podcasts can be accessed at celebratepo.buzzsprout.com, as well as the show notes and a script for each episode. And uh, in case you were wondering, (laughs) there's no charge for any of this. Before I dive right into this episode, I want to emphasize uh, that if you would like to make a comment, criticism, or just communicate with me regarding this podcast, my email is celebratepo at gmail.com. That's celebratepo, C-E-L-E-B-R-A-T-E-P-O-E at gmail.com. The upcoming podcast episodes for July are all Shakespeare-related and feature a new voice character in the podcast, the ghost of William Shakespeare. Actually, that's my voice with special audio effects uh, and uh, my attempts at a London accent on a separate vocal track, but you'll probably guess that. Anyway, today I want to talk about Ricky Three, a hip-hop Shakespeare Richard II, directed by Michael Burke, a director based in Chicago. Uh, Mikhail, excuse me, it's Mikhail, I, I, like Mikhail, I have to remember Mikhail, like Mikhail Baryshnikov, I believe that's right. Okay, Mikhail is an extremely articulate individual with a background in Shakespeare from Butler University and one of the nicest persons you'd ever want to talk to. The artistic director is Ryan Artsberger, and if you see Ricky Three, you will really appreciate his talents. The actual production of Ricky Three will be held July the 21st through 23rd and July the 28th through the 30th in the awesome Taggart Amphitheater in Riverside Park in Indianapolis. That's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday of the third and fourth weeks of July. Doors open at 7 p.m. Showtime is 8 o'clock p.m. Richard III is usually considered Shakespeare's second longest play, with Hamlet being almost four hours. The first time I interpreted Richard III, it felt like it would never end, but this version uh, has been edited down to about two hours with one intermission. I was lucky enough to see a rehearsal, and I'm not going to say anything about such stage elements as the costume, set design, costume design, uh, lighting, and sounds until I've seen them in action during a full dress rehearsal later this week. 
But if they're anything like the directing and acting, and I have no reason to believe that they wouldn't be, I'm sure those stage elements are awesome. Well, it's the ghost of Mr. Shakespeare. Well, hello, Mr. Shakespeare. Greetings and salutations, Mr. Bartley. Celebrate Poe is certainly honored to have you today. Before we continue any further, I I must point out that my original plays would have used what scholars David and Ben Crystal call original pronunciation, in which by language was spoken, or OP. For example, I will deliver the following line from Hamlet using original pronunciation. Taibai or not Taibai? Today's actors would deliver that line as to be or not to be. OP might be more authentic, but I prefer that you speak closer to contemporary English. Otherwise, I don't think we'd understand anything you said. I surmised those might be your wishes. I was just talking about a production of your history play, Richard III, that combines hip-hop with your language. Intriguing. You, You know, music has always played an important role in my plays. During my earthly life, it is said that every play began and ended with tunes that were popular during Elizabethan times. Mr. Shakespeare, I had made plans to go see a rehearsal of Ricky Three tonight. I know as a ghost no one could see you, and it appears that ghosts don't need to sit down, but you're probably tired of seeing people perform your works. Ah, no, Mr. Bartley. I frequently enjoy watching talented casts performing my works during rehearsals, as well as actual performances. That's fascinating, Mr. Shakespeare. When I was interpreting for the deaf at the Blackfires Theater in Stanton, Virginia, I remember an actor telling me that when she was in a Shakespearean play, she would imagine that Mr. William Shakespeare was there in the front row watching her acting and listening to how she delivered the most beautiful words in the English language. I will never forget her telling me that. Ah, yes. I I did frequently watch performances at the American Shakespeare Center. Of course, I am sure that no one actually felt that I was physically there, but my spirit was most definitely present. I'm going to a rehearsal tonight of Ricky Three at Butler University, so I'll be better prepared to interpret the play in American Sign Language on July the 28th. And you're certainly welcome to come with me tonight. Uh, I can't exactly introduce you to the cast. My sanity would definitely come into question. I mean, here is, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. William Shakespeare, to uh, an entity that they cannot see. Uh, Yes, my sanity would definitely come into question, more than usual. I will remain incognito, and that definitely won't be a problem. And methinks attending a rehearsal would be a definite pleasure and honor. 
just a hint here, we're, we're going in, in what is called uh, a Lyft or, or maybe Uber, whichever is cheaper. Uh, this is transportation that will come to your location and take you to your destination for a fee. Just follow me, though, again, I must warn you, I will not be talking to you because it might look strange for me to talk to what looks like an empty seat. I certainly understand. Now, I do need to be there a few minutes early for a rapid COVID-19 test. You understand. I am familiar with the effects of the virus upon your world. Uh, I just wish that we had similar tests to help protect us from viruses during my earthly life in London. Well, according to my phone, uh, it seems that our ride is quite nearby. Mr. Bartley, I I do not fully understand you, but but I will trust whatever you say. Well, Mr. Shakespeare... We're back from the rehearsal. Uh, What was your opinion? To be honest, the acting was some of the best I have ever seen. I quite agree. Perhaps uh, you could make uh, some occasional remarks about the actors and writing the play itself. Certainly, but uh, to begin with, I I wrote Richard III during the time in which I formed the Lord Chamberlain's men. The formation of that company gave me a great deal of professional and personal satisfaction. I was no longer forced to always collaborate on such plays as that popular but quite gruesome Titus Andronicus. I wrote such history plays as King John, Henry IV, Parts One and Two. Richard II, and, of course, Richard III, all during this period. Do you remember who originally played Richard III? Ah, yes, that would be the talented Richard Burbage. Mr. Burbage triumphed as Richard III, and he also played the lead in Hamlet. Mr. Burbage also played in Romeo and Juliet, Othello, Macbeth, and King Lear. He was an incredibly versatile actor. Now, those who saw the play when it was written in 1592 would have been quite familiar with the political incidents surrounding Richard III. You can compare that to audiences today who are mostly unfamiliar with English history. Yes, but the story of Richard III is basically quite simple. You see, Richard wants to become king, and it doesn't matter who he has to kill to achieve his goals. While he is camping before a battle, he has a dream where he encounters some very spooky ghosts. In the morning, Henry of Richmond kills Richard of Gloucester in battle, and Henry becomes King Henry Seventh. We could conceivably go through all the speeches in Richard III, but that would take hours. So I'd like to suggest that you read just the first speech in the play, perhaps one of the most famous soliloquies from any play. In other words, 
a monologue spoken to oneself or expressing thoughts out loud without addressing another person. Certainly. I, I welcome the opportunity. I have not acted since my earthly existence, and, and that was over 500 years ago. Now, at the very beginning of Richard III, or as you refer to it, Ricky III, the character of Richard is alone on stage and addresses the audience. He is speaking to himself and expressing thoughts out loud without addressing another person. Now is the winter of our discontent, made glorious summer by this son of York, and all the clouds that lowered upon our house in the deep bosom of the ocean buried. Now are all our brows bound with victorious wreaths, our bruised arms hung up for monuments, our stern alarms changed to merry meetings, our dreadful marches to delightful measures, Grim-visaged war have smoothed his wrinkled front. And now, instead of mounting barbed steeds to, to fright the souls of fearful adversaries, he came first nimbly in a lady's chamber to the lascivious pleasing of a lute. But I, that am not shaped for sportive tricks, nor made to court an amorous looking-glass, I that am rudely stamped and and want love's majesty to strut before a wanton ambling nymph, I that am curtailed of this fair proportion, cheated of feature by disassembling nature, deformed, unfinished, sent before my time into this breathing world, scarce half made up, and that so lamely and unfashionable that dogs bark at me as I halt by them, Why I, in this weak, piping time of peace, have no delight to pass away the time unless to spy my shadow in the sun, and descant on mine own deformity. And therefore, since I cannot prove a lover to entertain these fair, well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days. Plots have I laid, inductions dangerous, by drunken prophecies, libels, and dreams, to set my brother Clarence and the king in deadly hate the one against the other. And if King Edward be as true and just as I am subtle, false, and treacherous, this day should Clarence closely be mewed up about a prophecy which says that G of Edward's heirs the murderer shall be. Dive thoughts down to my soul. Here Clarence comes. Now, Mr. Shakespeare, as you know, the now is the winter of our discontent soliloquy is traditionally given by an angry Richard, often physically deformed and definitely a villain. Uh, but, Mr. Shakespeare, the Richard III at Butler University has to be the first Richard III that I have ever seen where he does not come off, at least to me, as grotesque or even a monster. Richard III comes off as someone who has been trod on by life and even emotionally scarred. In other words, 
something we all can identify with and basically more human. And lines that you might be totally familiar with from another production that you've heard over and over can come across when a different interpretation is used, as though you're hearing those lines for the very first time. In most productions of Richard III I have seen, the character of Richard almost spits out the lines, To entertain these fair, well-spoken days, I am determined to prove a villain and hate the idle pleasures of these days. But in Butler's production, Shantae Gaston delivers the line, I am determined to prove a villain, as though she's basically a good person, but has no choice but to act like a villain. But, But I digress. You know, it might be useful to go through the plot in more detail, noting how some of the other cast members at Butler University deal with their roles. Yes, Mr. Bartley, that that may prove most useful. I know that the play has so many dimensions that our brief discussion will not give a great deal away, but they might help someone who is planning to attend a production of the play. For the total experience, one must attend and come to the Taggart Amphitheater to experience Ricky Three. Yes, Mr. Shakespeare, this is definitely a play to be experienced. Just remember that Richard of Gloucester, the brother of the dying King Edward IV, is determined to gain the crown of England for himself, no matter what. In the second scene, Richard romantically pursues Lady Anne in an angry love-hate relationship. They eventually marry, with Anne becoming the Duchess of Gloucester. Then Richard sends his older brother to the Tower of London. Here, Clarence tells his jailer a dream that he had about drowning. Later, Richard's assassins kill Clarence and place the body in a cask of wine. This podcast will discuss that dream and how it furthers the action in a future podcast episode. And I also wanted to mention that the actors playing Lady Anne and Clarence are incredible. Lady Anne is extremely believable in a part where her actions are rather unbelievable, marrying Richard III after his extremely devious and downright cruel actions. And Carrington Shorter is quite believable as the Duke of Buckingham, as a good man who is willing to advocate for Richard, up to a point. I don't really want to, as you say, uh, give away any further developments in the plot and therefore will refrain from relating any more details about the plot and performances. But I will make an exception and say that I was quite impressed by the interpretation of the Battle of Bosworth near the end of the play. Uh, See if you don't agree with me. You see, instead of uh, traditional English soldiers, uh, the armies give off a definite West Side Story rumble vibe that made the battle come off as, as a combination of a stylized jazz dance and brutal battle simultaneously. Let me say that again. Instead of uh, traditional English soldiers, the armies gave off a definite West Side Story 
rumble vibe that made the battle come off as a combination of a stylized jazz dance and brutal battle at the same time. You know, Mr. Shakespeare, on second thought, uh, it might not be a good idea to try and, and analyze the entire play. Uh, I guess you, you'll have to see the play to know what I mean. There's no charge for what should be an incredible experience. The Indianapolis Shakespeare Company in Ricky Three on July the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, as well as July the 28th, 29th, and 30th. In other words, the third and fourth weeks of July. Uh, the, the Thursday, July the 28th performances, performance is interpreted for uh, the deaf in American Sign Language. And for more general information altogether, just check out the Indianapolis Shakespeare website at www.indyshakesindyshakes.com. That's www.indyshakes.com. And go to uh, 2022 Ricky Three, a hip-hop Shakespeare Richard III on the side of the page. Now, for future episodes, on July the 17th, I plan to release uh, a podcast episode dealing uh, with another conversation with the ghost of Mr. Shakespeare, but this time on the process of translating his works into American Sign Language. Uh, Ricky, Ricky III, uh, Richard III, will be the 27th Shakespearean production that I've interpreted, and I want to talk about some of the special challenges provided by the current Indianapolis Shakespeare production. Then the following episode will deal with three dream sequences in Richard III, comparing them with Poe's three dream poems. My favorite in Richard III is the last one where King Richard dreams about all the people he has, that he's killed to achieve his goals. Uh, this episode ends with Mr. Shakespeare talking about some of the other references to dreams in uh, other plays that he wrote. Sources include Richard III by William Shakespeare, Asimov's Guide to Shakespeare, A Guide to Understanding and Enjoying the Works of Shakespeare, Shakespeare, The Invention of the Human by Harold Bloom, Shakespeare and How to Cure It by Ralph Allen Cohen, The Readers, and the Readers Encyclopedia of Shakespeare by Oscar Campbell, editor, Shakespeare's Words, A Glossary and Language Companion by David Crystal, Volumes 1 and 2 of Shakespeare Lexicon and Quotation Dictionary by Alexander Smith, and the Indianapolis Shakespeare website at www.indyshakes.com. Thank you for listening to Celebrate Poe.